Welcome to the official Substack podcast of Brandon Ritchie. Today's date is September the 13th, 2022. This is two days following the remembrance of 9-11. As you know, if you're tuning in for the first time, or if you already know this, this podcast and Substack blog serves as a map to help you to be a zenith during chaotic times, and we are definitely living in chaotic times. And uh, today's discussion, I'm going to kind of dive into something a little different for you guys that I think you might find to be interesting. And I don't want, I know that uh, we all talk about clickbait and interesting headlines to gain attention. And I figured this, this headline would definitely be an example of that regarding today's subject. And uh, today's subject, I want to talk about, well, first I want to talk about the theme and the theme is really about knowing, knowing the enemy. And the only way that we're able to, in society or as individuals, to understand the, the fight or to win a fight, and I mean a fight whether it's a literal fight or a, or a metaphorical fight in terms of business, in the political arena, cultural arena, in terms of winning hearts and minds, in terms of winning over people in a in a team setting, in a societal setting, um, the way to do this is that you have to study, you have to understand your enemy in order to understand the game you're in. Because if you're playing by one set of rules and the enemy is not playing by the same set of rules and they keep gaining ground on you or disrupting or, or sabotaging your efforts to make gains in life, well, you're just uh, you're you're not you're not fighting in a smart way in terms of the arena that you're in. So, so today's topic, I want to talk about a an individual that's uh, that's uh, pretty infamous and uh, what many would regard as one of the most evil human beings in recorded history, and that's Ted Bundy. So, Ted Bundy is an interesting character to myself. In regards to what 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 I've learned from him, what could Ted Bundy teach us? What has he taught us? The truth is, he's taught us a lot. In fact, um, back during uh, his capture, he was uh, being interviewed by a profiler, and this profiler's name was FBI by the name of Bill Hagmeyer. That interviewed Bundy in a several series of interviews and earn Bundy's trust in order to probe him to understand how he would approach the way he went about pursuing and killing his victims. This was to gain insight and understanding so that they could then build profiles on people to look for this and better capture and catch these people that were doing, that were going out and hurting these people, right? Hurting innocent people, whether in Bundy's case, many were young women. And, um, it was an interesting, um, there's an interesting set of articles out there, <clears throat> and you can access these, read, readily access these and, and read up on it. But, but um, one of the things I, I, I remember about Bundy is he was, he was talking in one of the interviews that was uh, in one of the documentaries done, and there's a documentary that's on Netflix, there's also several online uh, that a, I believe ABC, CBS have, have done over the years, um, kind of like a dateline scenario 
where they do the documentary and kind of break down all the the timelines in the in the life of of an individual. So they did this same thing with Bundy. But in one of these interviews, I remember he was asked a question. And if I can look here, I've got notes here on some of this. But he was asked a question uh, if he was innocent. And he repeats the question to the, to the interviewer, am I innocent? Bundy proceeds to follow up with that by saying, well, does innocence count when I stole a comic book at five years of age? Now, that's kind of telling because you see what he's doing there is he's, he's using a uh, kind of a deflection tactic. He's not answering the question directly. He's deflecting from that. Um, Bundy knew good and well what he was, what he was guilty of. Uh, and the thing that kind of shocked a lot of these law enforcement individuals and a lot of the profilers was that Bundy, typically a lot of these, these serial killers and these psychopaths tend to have some form or some level of known abuse in their life. And according to Bundy, he didn't. According to Ted Bundy, he grew up in a very, very good home with loving parents, caring parents. Uh, in fact, he talked about the vacations they would take and how kind his family was and told that, that was very adamant about the fact that his family had nothing to do with what he was perceived to be to society. Now, that's another thing. Bundy also did not really uh, directly admit to his crimes, if I'm correct, up until the very, very end. Then, right when he realized he was going to be facing the electric chair, he was then um, starting to deliver more information to the authorities in order to turn over in hopes of exchanging that information for some kind of leniency. And so, you know, you, and as one of the profiles said, you can't, you can't um, negotiate with a, with a murderer, with a, with a maniac. You can't negotiate with a terrorist, right? And this is the ongoing thing, because if you give ground on something like that, then they're going to see that as weakness, and they'll know that you'll cave, and they'll continue to, continue to force you to give more ground, or they'll expect more to get away with more in the future. This is human nature. And this is, this is the crux of what I'm getting at today. And when you know your enemy and you know what makes them tick and you can take it how they kind of how they view and engage the world, then you're better prepared, God forbid, if you ever come face to face with some of these. But I would argue that there's a lot of people psychologically in media, in the political arena, and otherwise that would that would convince you too that that you know that they would gaslight you, lie to you. They would hope that you would give ground, give in, and be lenient on their decisions and what they impose upon you, what they impose upon me, etc. We see this all the time. Um, in June of 1976, after capture, Bundy escaped cap capture through the window of a courthouse of the law library that he was uh, staying in in Aspen, Colorado. He went on the run, and uh, he, he, he escaped the authorities. So 
this man was pretty dynamic. Uh, and then, again, he was captured a second time. And the second time in the holding cell that he was in, apparently Bundy in December of 77, there was a few months that had passed, and they noticed that he had lost a lot of weight, purposely had gotten very, very slender. And Bundy was kind of known for um, how much he... Now, this was another thing that they pointed out is not only was he psychologically smart and, and, and dangerous and could deflect or could get people to believe, you know, they always, always talked about his charm and his, his wit and his charm and his, um, his kind of kind nature. Well, that was the fake personality. But he had this other personality, which was the killer, this dark personality. If you guys ever seen the TV show Dexter, in the show Dexter, Dexter talks about his dark passenger when it comes comes to life, and he has to satisfy satisfy the dark passenger. Well, Bundy, I'm convinced probably Dexter got this. The show got this from Bundy. Uh, Bundy, in fact, he um, he he talked about this in the same in the same way. So he would, um, knowing this, he would take and in this second capture, he lost weight and he would, he was also known before capture of, of having the ability to change his appearance. And many people would witness and say, including the authorities, when they would interrogate him, when they were interviewed in, on the spot, if he had a shift in personality he would actually have his face, his facial features would change. In fact, they said, they talked about the, the physiological side of that, of him, his face changing, his body changing. And um, this was a very um, interesting characteristic of Bunny. To me, I kind of view that as a chameleon. Uh, I also believe it to be evil, but, but he had this ability to somewhat changes appearance as one authority figure said that he was uh, a very a good looking guy but he also had a face that kind of was it was a com- more common face that would kind of blend with a crowd at the same time so in the second capture here he had lost a lot of weight and really slimmed down and he would take um these um he would take books and different different papers, books, and he would stack these up into his bed, cover them up to make them look like his body, and he escaped through the ceiling of the second location and went on the run a second time. And so not only did Bundy escape capture once, he escaped it twice. And then ultimately, upon his third capture, he would end up he would end up representing himself with his he had a law background and a political background, and he would end up representing himself on live national television in his own trial. And uh, this was something that was just, it's just unheard of. Um, but, um, but anyway, when, you, when we examine Bundy, there's, there's a lot of things about him, his physical features, his ability to be like a chameleon, so to speak, his charm ability, his ability to um, to deflect when he's being interviewed, when he's when he's talking about himself, and 
these are all interesting characteristics of Bundy's personality, and it just points to the fact that knowing what he did and what he's capable of, it gives us insight into why he was so able to evade capture for so long. Now, I want to tell you something. There's, there's, there's a quote that he, that he was given to, he had given to, um, to, to one of the interviewers that were, that were kind of drilling down on one of the documentaries about Bundy. And Bundy's quote was, he said that guilt is a mechanism we use to control people. And there's a lot to unpack there. But when you think about that statement, there's a lot of truth to it. Now, I would say, you know, I think it depends on what you feel guilty about. And that's what is that's what should be drawn into question. I mean, if it's something that you should feel guilty about, you know, like if you kill somebody, right? In Bundy's case, obviously he didn't feel guilty about it. Um, but he used this as another deflection. He used this as another justification unto himself about, in terms of the actions, what he has he was guilty of, right? But this is also a very valid thing to draw out in day-to-day life with people. We all justify things that we do in some fashion. You have that conversation inside of your head about things that, you've done and maybe decisions you've made in the past, myself included, and we justify those things maybe in the moment. Maybe maybe we grow out of it one day and we look back and we have some introspection and we reflect and realize that, hey, maybe that wasn't a great decision, but I understand why I did it, but I probably would do it differently. Um, or maybe it's just something we close the door on entirely and move away from it. Um, Either way, it's a human nature, it's, it's a quality of human nature. But Bundy did this, we're talking with the most extreme and evil acts towards humankind. He would take and justify this and deflect. And I really believe it was a mechanism, a psychological mechanism that he would use. Um... But that's, that just goes to show how understanding this person is so, so important. You have to be able to see how these people think. And you see this all the time now. I mean, when people tell you, hey, inflation is transitory. No, it's not. And they, you know, George Orwell talks about, you know, we talk about Orwellian statements when people say, well, Okay, and inflation's transitory. Okay, well, it's still here, so it's not transitory. It's more permanent. Permanent may be the wrong word, but it's more long-standing. It's here to stay for a while until we can correct it. Um, what is a recession? Um, what is a woman? Uh, they start changing the definitions of things. This is a form of deflection, and this is exactly what Bundy would do. And these in these same examples, um, the FBI agent Bill Agmire was talking about in his last days that Bundy was on death row, and uh, Bill was coming in to start developing a relationship with him to build trust so that he could get close enough to Bundy to start learning about him. And up until that point, Bundy would not share anything, 
and he was aggravated at the fact that he wasn't getting his way. And Hagmar wanted to build some trust with him, so Bundy actually started inter interrogating Bill when he walked in for the first time. Hagmar also said that once that trust was built, um, that, um, <coughs> excuse me, in Bundy's final days, that Bundy considered Bill one of his best friends. And uh, Bill said he always kind of thought how strange that was. That was also reported in the Buffalo News and also in an article that's referenced to that in Newsweek. Um, and this is, a, this is another interesting thing because you wonder, somebody like Bundy, is he capable of having friends? I, I don't think so, not in the same sense you and I probably think about it, but but in a way where Bundy would see that it, it that person could be an asset to him or to his cause, um, somebody that, that would be an asset, he probably would, but at the same time, he'd probably kill them on a dime if he felt that they would be a, a, a risk or, or a threat to him. Um, the other thing is uh, Bundy also taught me something in his interviews that um, actually changed my mind on some things. You know, I'm more of a, um, you know, we, we talk about civil liberties. We talk about individual freedoms, and we talk about our viewpoints on certain things. I used to be for the death penalty. And uh, Bundy actually changed my mind about the death penalty of all people. Go figure, right? So what do I mean by that? Well, give me a minute here, and please don't click off in anger or frustration if you're listening to this, because once I kind of explain this, this is going to make a lot of sense. So Bundy was being interrogated, interrogated by Bill, and he finally, he wouldn't, and again, right up until his execution, he wouldn't uh, volunteer that he did anything wrong. But... But Bill was trying to gain information on how to catch these other guys like the uh, Green River Killer and some of these other killers that were on the loose at the time. And he would have Bundy help him with those cases. And Bundy would say, hey, he would. this is how Bundy would kind of deflect again. And he would say, look, you know, he wouldn't admit to anything, but he would say, if I were that guy, this is what I would do. Okay. So that's how he would approach it with the agent. So when he was saying that with some of these cases, he would talk about, he started giving insight to how these killers would think. And in one of the ways was uh, that uh, the FBI agents and the profiling agency, part of the agency learn, is that these guys always return to the crime scene. And that was where they started gaining interesting uh, knowledge on things like that. Um, the other thing was that was really interesting that changed my mind regarding the death penalty was what he told Bill about how he would evade capture. And one of the ways that um, Bundy would talk about this is um, he was telling Bill in one of the interviews he said, look, um, basically, if you went to a crime scene 
and you found evidence. Maybe you found evidence of that crime. You would also find evidence there that I wanted you to find. That I wanted you to find. I would plant fake evidence there to put you off of my trail and to put you on someone else's trail. Now, to me, this was telling. So to me, I started thinking about, okay, what if you had an ambitious DA? Let's say there's a murder, a horrendous murder or crime, a violent crime in an area, in a community, in a peaceful community. And the whole community is uh, just shocked and scared and really in an uproar about it. So they want justice. So the political figures that be, if you get a ambitious DA or an ambitious law enforcement agent of some kind, a detective of some kind, and they were not getting any, making any progress on finding out who is guilty or finding out a suspect, and they started chasing down leads through planted evidence at a murder scene, you can see where I'm coming with this. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't feel personally that somebody like Ted Bundy doesn't deserve to die. What I'm saying is a, there's a very big distinction here. What I'm saying is I don't trust the government to dictate who should live or who should die. I don't trust the government can make the right call to do that. That's what I'm coming from. And that's the distinction here. It has to do with, yeah, I mean, like, if, if, if you know, somebody would have taken Bundy out, a, a civilian, a citizen, in trying to defend themselves or defend their, their home or a family member or whatever, I'm absolutely in favor of 110%, 1,000%. And what I'm saying, though, is that that same metric of the death penalty applied across the board. In my view, it's better to let every guilty man go than to allow, than to convict and punish and give the death penalty especially to one innocent man. Uh, no innocent man should be on trial because of the, you know, because of the ambitions of, 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 the, pol of the politics of the situation. So that's where I'm coming from with, with, this, with this scenario with Ted Bundy. And that's what we can learn from him. This is exactly what I learned from him. And this is why I think we have to look and examine these possibilities. Because you've got to also understand, and I don't know, it's, 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 you know evil is, is evil. Bundy is, is, is the face of evil, in my opinion. Uh, and we can get in, I don't want to, you know, we can get into a philosophical discussion about what evil is and all of that. But Bundy, in my opinion, is the epitome of evil in that way. But the other thing about um, this situation is that, you know, evil is, is, is a tricky thing, too. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is this concept of the banal banality of evil. The banality of evil was, was a phrase that was coined by a political theorist, Hannah Arendt, after watching the 61 trial of the Nazi SS officer 
Adolf Eichmann. And it was in this situation where um, the, you know, ba- basically, it was say it was basically pointing out that that the the idea that evil acts are not necessarily perpetrated by evil people all the time. Instead, they can simply be the result of these, you know, soldiers or bureaucrats obeying orders or carrying out the orders of their evil superiors, right? So the evil can be by now. So, so the guy that killed people or put them in the gas chambers during World War II, he may or may not be evil, but he's carrying out an evil act, but he's he himself may also be under threat from those above him. And that's a real thing. You know, so so those that rule by fear, that's how this works. So it, it can become a tricky thing. But in Bundy's case, I I very much agree that this this was a this was an evil act and this is something that we have to study and to examine and this is where I think we can uh, we can learn from this situation and we can look and examine people and society and examine things a lot more closely when they appear but this is basically the message of what I wanted to get out today. And I hope you enjoyed this little snippet for today and understanding the enemy and what we can take from the enemy and how we can apply it to our lives and how we can how we can take that information and understand that, look, we can learn from the good, but we also have to be able to learn from the bad. This is why history is important. And this is how we understand how not to repeat it or how to avoid it or how to correct a bad situation. You can't learn from something from a mistake unless you remember that mistake or remember that act. And then we can move forward with it. And this is the lesson for today. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to run up and be a little brief today, but wanted to get out this little bit of the audio for today. And if you're listening uh, on the Substack, you can also, you know, go to and subscribe to brandonritchie.substack.com. You can also subscribe and listen on Spotify and Apple podcast. And guys, ladies, gents, remember, the only way this works is if you share this content out. If I get it shared, if I, for you to go out and be a force multiplier, share this with your friends, your family, with your loved ones, anyone that would listen, I need, um, I need that to get out in order for us to provide this map and to help people to be a zenith during chaotic times. And without your help to do that and without you, this does not work. So I need your help in doing that. So with that being said, I'm going to close this out. Make sure that you join me on Facebook and Getter. Also connect with me there and make sure that you stay strong, stay focused, stay active and have a great day.
made it. <laughs>